Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. During the day, passersby watched as crows pecked at the flesh and poked out the eyes. At night, people who passed would hear the squeaks of the hooks on the iron cage as the corpse swung in the breeze. Stay tuned to hear all about this story on The Reluctant Historian. What's up, everybody? I'm Liz Lawson, and this is our Reluctant Historian. Dakota Lawson. This is the podcast where I try to show my husband that history is actually cool. So, if you love history... Or you absolutely hate it. This podcast is for you. We would like to begin by recognizing that we are recording on Treaty 6 territory and the homeland of the Métis Nation. We make this acknowledgement and recognition that we are settlers here on the land that belongs to the many different First Nations of Turtle Island. Okay, Koda, what do you think we're talking about? I mean, is this a Wicked Wednesday? Yes. Wicked Wednesday. I mean, I know this isn't right because... The, the two things are very different, but I was just like, oh, Jack the Ripper. It's, uh, it's definitely Jack the Ripper. He I, he always took those those uh, uh, sex workers yes. and, uh, you know, gutted them and uh, hung them up to dry. He did that. Well, he gutted them, yes. Did he gut them? Yeah. Oh, he I... disemboweled a few of them, yeah. Did he just hate... Well, I'm going to... Yes, probably. I was going to say prostitutes, but yeah. uh, did he... Did he... Judge, like he didn't like have sex with them before, did he? I don't know. I actually haven't ever read that, so I don't know. Yeah, in the stories, you you just hear he, um, <laughs> you just hear that he killed the prostitutes. Yes. He, he, you didn't hear like you know he hired a prostitute. Uh, he cried during sex. She laughed. <laughs> so then she then he killed her. You know, that's probably what did happen. In fact. Some might say it was her fault. I'm oh my kidding. god! I'm just kidding. Dakota, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Person, just kidding. You. I'm just kidding. Okay. Just don't. It's like that song, that, well, you know, in your school, did you guys do? You did O Canada, obviously, right? Yeah. So. And then we also did the Lord's Prayer because it was a Catholic school. Oh really? Yeah. That sucks. But <laughs> <laughs> what is it? What is the Lord's Prayer? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Why are you singing it? It's like a hymn. Okay. Anyways, so we would, it was around anti-bullying day, I'm pretty sure. And just so you know, I I fully, like, bullying is the fucking worst and it plagued me for many, uh, many uh, eons and it's, uh, fuck bullying. But our one teacher <laughs> decided, instead of O Canada... For that one week, we would play this song, and not the good country version. It was like a really terribly sung version. You might know it. Don't laugh at me. Don't call me <laughs> names. Don't get your pleasure from my yeah, pain. Yeah, I know the song. I wanted to bully my teacher because of it. <laughs> so. Well. Anyways, cool. I don't know where we we're going with that. Well, anyways, we're not talking about Jack the Ripper. Okay. For today's Wicked Wednesday, we're talking about a Canadian urban legend from Quebec. Canadian. Oh, 
Quebec. <laughs> You're just like, double whammy. This is going to be shitty. <laughs> no. Uh, so I think I found this idea when I was looking up stories for Halloween. Uh, mm-hmm. Today, we're talking about a woman named Marie-Josephette Corriveau, or better known as La Corriveau, the Witch of Quebec. Uh, we'll, we'll call her the Cory. Okay. Le Cory, the Cory. Got it. She's the Cory Witch. Okay. Uh, what's your golden nugget? Uh, so, that 90s show. Yeah, it's, I'm actually, I don't watch TV and I'm really enjoying it. Are you it. good? Because I know you said like you're you're not a big fan of the characters and stuff like that they, they brought, which is fair. Uh, I don't like the actors. I think the yeah. acting is bad. I think the characters yeah, are fine. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, I mean, probably if you go back to the first season of that 70s show, yeah. you know, it's pro- probably yeah. similar. I mean, granted, I think it is, that 70s show is much, much better, mm-hmm. but this actually is doing a really good job so that 70s show ended in 2006 it was wonderful until the last season the eighth season eric had left and all that but now he was being to spider-man he was being to spider-man uh yes uh he when was it yeah i guess the next year he was in to spider-man three uh so <laughs> so yeah no the, the that 90 shows back with red and kitty and you know i i in this day and age, and granted it's on Netflix so they can say more what they want, but I don't feel like on, uh, like, just cable television, they would say stuff like, I'm going to put my foot so far up your ass or stuff, Dude, stuff like that. Wasn't that like his, like... It, it was it, it, in 2006, though, oh. right? In 2023, I don't think that they would use the same vernacular or calling them dumbasses all the time, right? I don't know why. I just feel like it. it wouldn't be... It would be done differently now. Mm, okay. Right? That's what you're saying, yeah. It, it's, not, it's not like someone calling someone a, a dumbass is maybe the um, the, the worst thing or saying you're going to put a foot, a foot up someone's ass, but I just feel like cable network executives these days, I don't feel like, unless it was, you know, a bit, if it was just like your typical CBS or, you know, global, wh- whatever, I, mm-hmm. there's only two stations I could think of. <laughs> I, I don't feel like that they would do that kind of stuff right yeah that's fair as as harm harmless as a foot up the ass seems you know right i mean who so, hasn't had a foot up their ass right it's it's true it's called uh footing you know <laughs> it's a it's a, a close cousin to fisting you stop it don't kink shame me where are we going with that oh yeah that was my golden nugget <laughs> yeah <laughs> sorry i'm really off uh, off my uh i'm on these tangents today anyways it's it's really good the the characters and the, the acting some of them not the best, but the Red and Kitty stuff. There's cameos from a lot of the old characters. I think it's funny. It's, it's made it, me it laugh is. a few times. Yeah, and laugh out loud. And you don't laugh out loud. No, I don't laugh. Laughing is stupid. Yeah, you are. We're polar opposites that way. <laughs> I just, I just, I love to have a hootenanny and yes. laugh. But like, okay, so to be fair, so that I can like clarify this a little bit, I very rarely laugh when it comes to like comedies or TV shows. Um, really, the only thing that I laugh at is real life um people am, and then i laugh a lot i, mean, I laugh yeah. like i laugh a lot with real life but if it's not real i'm just like why eh, though i i i don't know i don't have an answer for you babe so weird so weird. i'm a weirdo anyways what is your golden nugget yeah so yesterday kaylee and i went thrifting <laughs> yeah oh my god <laughs> oh my god <laughs> and so i've been watching these thrifting talk uh tiktoks and all of these people are like getting these really cool things that they're finding and i'm like Oh, I want to find like like cool purses or like really interesting knickknacks or things that have like um, significant value. And I was like, oh, I'll never find that. That'll never happen to me. And then yesterday, 
we went to Value Village and I found a coach bag. Now, for those of you that don't know, coach is like a kind of like middle of the road designer handbag. So yeah, they, it's like you're sitting in coach. Yeah. So, <laughs> so they're, they they retail new for about uh, uh, between like 150 and 500 dollars. I was looking. So um, this one I got for 40 bucks. So um, I was super hype about that. And like also like it's very rare that you would find like a designer item like that. Yeah. So I was just like, it was very cool. She, she was just like, or time she was just like clinging to it, holding on to it. Yeah, like, I had it in my cart and I was worried that people were going to like try and take it out of my cart. And yeah, because this is a uh, fucking Thunderdome or whatever. <laughs> like every man for themselves in Valley Village. But, like, I found it and I was just like, oh, my God. And my heart was just racing. And I was just like, I was so excited. Because, you know, I just never thought that would happen for me. Um, and then also, like, I found a lot of really good books yesterday and some artwork. So mm-hmm. I really like thrifting. Kaylee and I go, like, once a week. So it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, you, you love And we get, thrifting. like, cool stuff. Yeah, you do. You do. You do get a lot of, you get a lot of awesome stuff, Thank dear. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I got you a cool Captain America piece of art that you're going to put up here in the office it's true i'm going to put it the wall behind to the left of you thank you yeah yeah you're, you're welcome <laughs> <laughs> all right well so first and foremost i need to apologize for what i know will be horrible friends pronunciation um well i call her the cory so <laughs> i don't I, know and i ain't apologizing for shit that's fair <laughs> i don't know how like news reporters do it because you know, they're just reading from the, the prompt. And so, like, they'll have, you know, uh, Ukrainian pronunciations mm-hmm. or they'll have Arabic pronunciations. And they, like, they they hit them. They're, like, they get it. And I'm, like, I I, I look it up and I mm-hmm. look up how to say it phonetically. And I just have literally I, no idea how to I do it. I don't know. I feel like that, that also probably is, like, I mean, they have a lot of training and speaking in a I guess. public form. And also, if you go on YouTube and just look up news fails, I mean, there's lots of examples of them really fucking it up, true, you know, and true. stuff. So, so yeah, but, but also, and maybe it's something to do with the way they speak, too, like the way they're trained to kind of, you know, read the news in a boring-ass, boring way or whatever. Yeah, maybe. You know? Who knows? But uh, I'm sure that they have the phonetic pronunciations, but even then for me, because I'll write them down, like, pronunciations phonetically, even then I'm like, I, it's just... Okay, well, here's a fun game we're going to play while we're while we're doing this. You're going to okay. you're gonna say say the thing while you're talking about the story, and then I'm going to pronounce it as well. Okay, okay, perfect. All right. Marie Corriveau is a famous figure in Quebecois folklore, and she lived in what was at the time New France. At this time, New France was controlled by the British, which is part of some fun Canadian history that you would hate, Dakota. There's never been fun Canadian history, (laughs) and yes, I would hate it. She was sentenced to death by a British court-martial and has subsequently become a legend and the subject of many books and plays and even some artwork. Bro, she's a legend. She was born in 1733 and baptized on May 14th, 1733 in a rural parish of New France. She was the only surviving child of a man named Joseph Corriveau. I know nothing about her mother. Joseph the Cory. And her ten brothers and sisters all died during childbirth. Childhood, Oof. not in oh, childbirth. Oh, I was like, I was like, well, you. <laughs> I'd I stop the after word. the second or third one. You know, I'd be like, oh, if they, but if they had died during childbirth, yeah. I'd be like, you know, I uh, give it a try. I'm not gonna try yeah, again. Not, not for us. But also, even if they did die during childhood, I'd be like. Ooh, I should not have any more. I should stop replacing these ones. <laughs> I mean, that was very common at the time, so. Yeah. 
At the age of 16, Marie married a man named Charles Bouchard, who was 23. Charles uh, Butcher. He was a farmer in the area. Yeah, close. Together, Marie and Charles had two daughters and a son. Charles died in 1760, leaving Marie alone to watch the farm and care for the children. But don't worry, because she did find a husband, Louise Etienne Dodier. <laughs> hold on. Let's back up a little bit. Okay. I was, I was so worried. <laughs> I mean, how was she going? She needs a man, Well, at this right? time, yes. <laughs> so, thank God. Okay, what's his name? Uh, Louis Etienne Dodier. Louis Etienne Dossiers. Dossier is a French word. Cocksucker. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Louis, then us English have just taken over. <laughs> Louis. Eating. Eating. Dodier. Dudier. Du, du, du. No, it can't be anything Udier because that's French. Uh, Duder. He's uh, <laughs> L- Louis Eden Dudu. <laughs> okay. So he was another farmer, and she married him less than two years after her husband's death. Something that really bothered me about a lot of the articles that I read were like, oh my god, she remarried so quickly. But like, one, women can remarry quickly if they want to. But also, number two, uh, like we already kind of alluded to, at this time period, you needed a man to be a man at the time, if you were a woman. You needed a man to be a man? (laughs) You couldn't... How profound was that? That was so profound. As a woman... You didn't have a lot of power or yeah. ability to do things without a man. If I don't have a man, how will I become a man? Yeah, that's what I do. Yeah. What, did she cut off his penis and then, you know? No, she didn't do that. So Sew it on in those days? I don't know. Maybe. So anyway, she remarried Louis on July 20th, 1761. And on the morning of January 27th, 1763, he was found dead in his barn with multiple head wounds. The official recording of cause of death at the time was from being kicked in the head by a horse. Mm. However, he went underwent a very quick burial, which gave rise to gossip and rumors among the townsfolk who claimed that Louis had been on bad terms with his father-in-law and his wife. There are records of a number of public fights between Joseph Corriveau and Louis over property and business dealings. And Marie had petitioned unsuccessfully to leave her husband on the grounds that he was physically abusive. Hmm. He's a bad boy. Yeah. Due to these events, the rumors began to grow that Louis' death had been murder. <gasps> At this point in time, New France was under the administration of the British Army, and upon hearing the rumors, the local British military authorities set up an inquest into the death. It was determined that the injuries had actually been caused by something closer to a pitchfork than horse hooves. Yeah, those are similar. Yes. Causing both Joseph and Marie to be accused of murdering the man. Is... And just, sorry, quick side note. You know, I you know I I never do this. I never do ta- tangents. But do we never. do a lot of episodes about women killing their husbands? I mean, I oh oh no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, actually, I don't think we do. But like, if we did, it would be because I'm very interested in feminist in killing history. your husband. That too. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to become just another statistic. <laughs> The reports of the subsequent trial were discovered in London in 1947, so we have a pretty good record of the facts of what happened at the trial. They were just discovered in 1947? Yeah. That's somewhat recent. Yeah. The first trial began on March 29th, 1763, with many people from the community testifying, including a niece and cousin of the Corrieville family. 
And the trial ended on April 9th with Joseph being found guilty of murder and then being sentenced to death. And that Joseph was the father-in-law? Yeah. Was the was Marie's father, Louis's father-in-law. Wow. Yeah. Marie was also sentenced as an accomplice, and her sentence was 60 lashes and to be branded with the letter M for murder on her hand. <laughs> Damn. I know. That's, I like that's a very interesting punishment to me. That that is. Was that a common yes. thing? Really? Yes, I forgot about that it was a thing, but people yeah. Like you could have the letter A for adulterer ap- yeah. branded on you. Um the letter P for perjury, which I'm about to talk about. So so we well I, I think the P should be for something else, which is these, these. Well, these days, you know, instead of just going on a list or something like that, just we just uh, brand, bra- brand a P on the forehead. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. So the niece cousin who had testified was actually found guilty of perjury at the trial uh, because she had changed her story so many times. So she was given 30 lashes and was branded with the letter P. How old was she? I don't know. <laughs> uh she uh i think actually she was around the same age as marie okay i'm just saying she's like three (laughs) she's like just changing her story because she doesn't fucking know because she's three (laughs) 30 lashings and now you're a pedophile (laughs) so the sentence that marie was subjected to was actually never carried out so she never got her lashings or her branding what because on the night before joseph was to be hanged he made a confession to his priest that he never actually carried out the murder (gasps) instead it was marie who had done the deed and she was letting him take the fall for it. In Joseph's confession, it was revealed that his daughter was the sole guilty party and that he believed that the prosecuting attorney had made a mistake in charging Joseph uh, because he claimed that the accepted testimony actually contradicted what had happened. So the evidence that was allowed contradicted itself and shouldn't have been accepted into the testimony. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So the court met again on April 15th, this time to hear Marie's confession in which she declared that she had in fact killed her husband by hitting him twice on the head with an axe while he was sleeping due to his ill treatment of her. An axe? Yes. He goes to the fucking horse foot, fucking paw, not paw, hoof, hoof, hoof. And then it's like, I don't know, this... This, this looks more like a pitchfork. And now it's just a fucking straight blade of an axe? Yeah, I guess so. People in the 1700s were fucking dumb. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> Likely embarrassed by the initial wrongful conviction, and possibly influenced by the new rumors and questions about her first husband's death, the British authorities held the second trial in a speedy fashion, and a new sentence was given to Marie, which stated that she would be hanged, so killed, and then in conformity with... Li- with English law, her corpse would be hung in an iron cage known as a gibbet for an indefinite period of time. So on display. Her corpse just would be... Yeah, they would just hang it up from a tree to swing in the breeze for people to see. That doesn't seem so much of a punishment for her as it does for everyone else. Yeah, you get it. That's why they would do it. It's like a... Warning, the, like, yes. don't kill your husband with a hoof a fucking pitchfork or an axe yes. we're also really embarrassed about that that we uh that we thought that that's was the case so that's <laughs> yes. what they should be embarrassed about that's true yeah so i don't want you to think of a cage as like a bird cage because that's what i kind of imagined mm. when i was thinking yeah. about this it's actually very different and i have a picture that you're going to describe mm, for the readers perfect i love doing this oh this is a sex thing for no, sure it's not this is what it... so this they would put the corpse kink. inside that okay and then have their way with it? No! Okay, so basically, okay, at the top, there's like a fucking, there's a, a loopy thing where uh, this this big hook, it's like a meat hook that goes through it, you know, uh, to hang 
and, and then there's there's a sex contraption. There's no sex. Uh, it's a it's made out of. Iron. I don't know. I, I thought it was belts, honestly. <laughs> I thought it was just like like daddy's belt or something, you know. Oh no! But it's made out of iron, apparently. And there's like, it's a whole. It's the size of a human. Yes. For a human to fit inside of it, and then there's these loopy things uh, of iron, apparently, or daddy's belt, wrapped <laughs> around the legs. Uh, and and arms of the rib cage, and it, it holds a person in there, and then you have sex with them. No, I you don't think. have. No. I think it's. Stop it. I think this is a sex thing. It is not. So yeah, it's it's the shape of a human, and you couldn't have thought. I mean, you you knew I had to have thought. That. Actually, I didn't. But what? <laughs> so it it's basically iron, and it uh, it would keep the shape of the human. And hold them up. So not a birdcage like I thought. Yeah. Don't don't uh, kill your husband. This mm-hmm. is what will happen to you is the sentiment, right? Yeah. Well, exactly. So the British wanted to make a spectacle out of the situation. Uh, hanging bodies in a metal gibbet is an unusual tradition that was no longer practiced in France, but the British still used it. And it was an important political statement that the British were making in that she was French and they were British. So they kind of had power over them. Mm. So it was this extreme sentence that was both shocking and cruel that cemented her story in the local history and the culture. The fact that she was left to rot and be exposed, her corpse, right, was wait. what made it so, so shocking. So wait, so they, okay, as soon as she's dead, they put her in it? Yeah, and then, and then, then they hang away? her from a tree. Does she have clothes on? Or is it just... Yeah, I think so. Okay. I would assume. Because I'm not. like, who knows? I'm like, it's already gross enough as it is. I don't want to see just decomposing naked body no i would assume that she has clothes on yeah i mean you know 1700s boobs were different man you know (laughs) so it was shocking and cruel because even though she was a murderer to treat her remains so callously disgusted the local population which is what the british wanted to do yeah like fuck you french it's pretty fucked up (laughs) yes so marie's execution took place on around took place around April 18th on the Plains of Abraham. So for my Canadian historians, we all know that that's a very important place to Quebec history. And the Iron Gibbet was set up near an important city called pont Levé. Uh, uh, pont uh, Le... 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 I don't want to do anything with an A in it, like, because that just sounds French. What is it? pont Levé. Point... I got nothing. Le... 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 Maybe if you like saw the word. Would yes, it let me you? see it. Where is it? <laughs> In the middle-ish somewhere. Okay, let me see. There is execution taking place. Um, point, point to it. Oh yeah. Oh, point levy. Well, levy is also a French word. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, he's of, he's uh, an American pie treasure. A lot of a lot of English words have French origins because in 1066. William the Conqueror came over from France and uh, conquered England. And so mm. a lot of the words that we have, especially like highfalutin words, so like yeah. important words that maybe like the peasants weren't using, have French origins. Okay. So a lot of our words are French. But There's a little English history of the English language lesson yeah, for you all. Well, <laughs> I also just want to briefly talk about how the fact that I don't know if you totally missed my great joke. Somebody is going to get American it. About American Pie? Yes, I got it. The, oh, I, was too, I was too excited to talk about history of language. That is a great joke. It was a really good American joke. American Treasure, American Pie Treasure, come on. It was I did, was a very good that joke. Is, that is... You are so punny. That's brilliant. I you can are, die now yeah. in this sex cage. No. 
That's that's how I wanted when when I die because it doesn't matter what happened. It doesn't matter what happens to my body after uh, I I die. I don't really give a shit. You want to be hung in this? I want to be hung. Iron gibbet. But I want to be naked. Okay. Well. I want everyone to have to look at my decomposing dick. Stop it. <laughs> All right. So they hung up her body near Point Leve. People claimed that they could see her eyes opening on their own accord, and others said that they watched in horror as her hands would reach out and try to grab anyone passing by. Oh. Travelers on the road claimed they heard her whisper their names through the tangle of stringy hair that covered her decomposing face. This is where the urban legend comes in. Right. It's just like, it's like, um, it's like Weekend of Bernie's. Yes. Soon, no one would dare to use the road after dark as they were so terrified of these stories. There were more reports of rattling bones and screams and of passers-by being attacked by an unseen being and the grass under the cage was always mysteriously burned. The gibbet containing her body remained in the sight of passers-by until May 25th, so about a month, when the governor ordered its removal, partly because of all these creepy stories that were going around. The body and the gibbet were taken down and buried in an unmarked grave in a Pont-Levé churchyard, where they remained for almost 100 years. What happened to Joseph Corivo? Well, he and his niece were both discharged with a certificate of innocence. <laughs> but she's got this uh, this pedophile branding on her. Yes. Forever, so... <laughs> Corvo's story stayed a huge part of the folklore of the area, taking on an almost mythic dimension. Fueled by the sensational and shocking trials, the story of La, of La Corivo evolved, and over the next several decades, her number of dead husbands rose from two to seven, and there were whispers of witchery and that she was the descendant of a famous poisoner. In 1851, the cage was dug up from the cemetery and the church of St. Joseph de la pont Levee. Why wasn't it hung up still? Or they, they took it down? Yeah, they buried it. Oh. Uh, and this is a hundred years later. Don't let anybody ever take your ever down? take my decomposing dick down. Okay. Um, so they found the cage by accident because it had been in an unmarked grave outside the original cemetery from the start. This discovery injected the original folktales with even more life. So for a hundred years after her death, until the discovery of the cage, people are like, "Oh, la Corivo," and then they find the cage, and they're like. It makes it even more exciting to hear about these stories. So mm -hmm. in one of these stories um, that started around 1851, a lone traveler, Francois Dubay. Dubay? Yeah, that's a French name. Uh, Dubit. Francois? Um, Josh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Josh Dubbit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I was trying to... You got me there. I was really... Because when I said that, I was like, that's so stupid. And I I, did, I kept a full straight face you as really I stared did. at you. And then you just repeating back to me. I'm like, fuck, you got me. Yeah. So he... Francois Dubay heard an unusual TikTok as he was walking past <laughs> La Corivo's cage. <laughs> For me, I really like core. <laughs> like, that's an unusual TikTok. <laughs> It is, yes. Um, and I guess I want to clarify that this is being written in 1851, which is 100 years after it actually happened. So this is an interesting like little um, look into how urban legends can actually happen. So we have this thing that actually occurred in history, and then people add to it after the fact. So uh, this story, he's walking past La Corvo's cage, he hears some ticking talking, um, and those who lived near the area would have recognized the sound as the wind blowing through the cage and the bones of La Corvo. However, Dubay didn't know what it was. He looked up to see the cage and decided to take pity on her soul by reciting a prayer over her body, which, as a murderer, she would have never received her last rites. Soon afterward, in the pitch black, Dubay could not see that La Corivo had reached through her cage and was climbing onto his back, gibbet and all. 
La Corriveau asked him to carry her across the St. Lawrence River to Ile d'Orleans, where her fellow witches and Will-o'-the-Wisps were celebrating their Black Mass. But, because the river was blessed, she couldn't go across the river on her own. She needed a good Christian like Dubay to carry her. I, She climbed onto him with the gibbet as well? Like, she's a witch. Yeah. So no, 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 I'm just thinking, I'm like, this thing's definitely a sex thing. <laughs> Sounds like he's about to get pegged. Mm. Dubay, upon hearing this, dropped to his knees in terror and promptly <laughs> fainted, only to be awoken the next day. I just had a horrible vision in my head of what I, why he dropped to his knees. Stop it, it stop it, stop it. <laughs> I think we can all follow where you're going. Well, I don't know if you fully do. <laughs> it has to do with soda on husband dick. <clears throat> Continue. <clears throat> so thinking the whole thing must have been a dream. That is until he looked to the side of the road and saw an empty liquor bottle, coming to the conclusion that La Corriveau must have drunk the entire contents. That that isn't uh, that is until he woke up in the morning and go, "Oh, my ass hurts so much." Oh, he he got drunk. Yeah, that's what other people like. That's what the actual assumption would be that he got drunk and he was. He's like, just like an alcoholic christian not not willing to admit his problems he's like it must have been the witch yeah. that pegged me <laughs> you get it yeah yeah i think it's just interesting to see again like how urban legends can become a thing so like i don't actually know if this story happened or because it's been written 1851 but the person who's writing it um gaspar is actually his name he, gasper yeah he may have actually heard that story or maybe made it up i don't know or so. he's like the fucking guy that wrote the stuff about atlantis and shit yeah so right. who knows but anyways that's a famous story urban legend about la corrivo that happened right but in truth it's about a drunk christian <laughs> yes so um yeah so this story showed up a hundred years after her death, around the time that the metal cage also showed up. Corriveau began to appear more and more in Canadian literature after this time, and soon became something of a cultural institution in Quebec. However, the cage was soon moved from Canada, as it ended up, some people say it was stolen, uh, by the hands of P.T. Barnum, the greatest showman. What? Actually? Yeah. <laughs> Hugh Jackman was there? <laughs> um, I think that's who the greatest showman is about. Yeah. I've never well, seen it. I so. haven't either. I just know he's the main character in The Greatest Showman. Yeah. So, so anyway, so P.T. Barnum put it on display as a curiosity in his New York Museum in August 1851. He, he put the the sex thing? Yes, the gibbet. The gibbet with her decomposed? There was no body left in it. Right. Because it decomposed. It had been 100 years. Yeah, it decomposed in that Christian's butthole. Uh, so, <laughs> is The Greatest Showman just about an actual sex dungeon? I thought Maybe. it was about a circus. Maybe. From there, the cage moved to the Boston Museum in 1869, where it was displayed with just the two words saying, from Sex Quebec. Sex dungeon. <laughs> from Quebec. Then it, moved to the Essex, then it moved to the Essex Institute in Salem, Massachusetts around 1899, <gasps> where it stayed in their collection for over a century. In 2010, members of the Levee Historical Society rediscovered it after it had been all but forgotten. It was eventually given back to Quebec when it was donated to the Musée de la Civilisation in Quebec, where it remains to this day. The Civilization Museum? There you go. And you said it re is there to this day, but yeah. uh, we've got a surprise, actually. <laughs> Bring <laughs> out the <laughs> metal gibbet! <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> the legend of La Corriveau, now over 250 years old, still causes emotion in Quebec. 
It is generally agreed that La Corriveau was a victim of spousal abuse and could not have received a fair trial at the hands of the British, as it would have been conducted solely in the English language. Her story has been turned into a number of books, operas, sculptures, and more. So Dakota, what do you think? I thought it was pretty boring. Shut your face. <laughs> Sorry. I, 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 it's, you, you, you love two things. You love killing your husband. Yep. And witches. Yes. I'm a husband, so I don't like that first one. <laughs> and I, I, I don't like witches. Uh, you read Harry Potter. Oh, my wizard's I, <laughs> I read it for the wizards, okay? Not the witches. I'm a nice guy. Uh, no. Uh, um, I mean, the stuff I found interesting was the stuff I added in <laughs> about yeah. being a sex thing. It is kind of, I will say it's kind of crazy that the, and this is interesting. The fact that the, the British were like, fuck you. You French bastards! We are—that's I'm saying that, not me. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna show you who's boss. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna hang this this witch for all of you to have to stare at to be haunted for the rest of your life. Yeah. We invented trauma, bitch. <laughs> yeah, they, uh, they did. So I found that interesting, just as a power move, ultimate power move, really. Uh, I might use it, but uh, yeah. <laughs> just to scare my team or whatever. Um, <laughs> so. <laughs> Yeah, but but uh, I mean Canadian history and stuff like that, uh, just not great. What, okay, was she an actual? Was she a witch? Like you said, no, she's she a witch, wasn't a witch. But that's like how the urban legends were like turned her into a witch. That's right. why I didn't do it in Halloween because she wasn't actually a witch. Oh, so much like that ghost ship episode you did <laughs> wasn't actually a ghost ship. Yeah, you like to deceive me. So. It's, it's it's low. It's not. You're gonna be disappointed. You're disappointed. No, I'm I'm <laughs> fairly pleased with this. Um, no, it's a it's a five point five. Well, I D, think that's undeserved. Five point five delicious dicks. No, you're gonna say decomposing dicks. I know you are. Close. <laughs> God. Okay. Sorry. Five point five. Five point five, decomposing delicious witch dicks oh here you go i i took took a little bit of your flavor you just threw in talking about delicious dicks you pervert (laughs) i why do you guys listen to this she's the worst she's she's always talking about sex and swearing okay she did you know she wants to put me one of those things and make people look at my decomposing dick stop it that's not true that's disgusting and also is a decomposing dick is it much like like you know you go in the pool and some shrinkage is that similar i don't know maybe maybe doctors in the house let us know well i only play one on tv anyways that's all we have for this week we'd like to thank you for taking the time out of your busy day to hang out with us if you enjoyed listening to what we had to say please download our podcast from wherever you get your podcasts leave a review or tell your friends about us because indie podcasts really do grow through word of mouth and if you want to stay in contact you can follow us on instagram at the reluctant historian or leave us a tip at buymeacoffee.com slash historian you can also shoot us an email with future show ideas or corrections you may have noted to the email address i haven't checked in forever the reluctant historian at gmail.com so we'll see you next week same time same place i think we should be done with witch episodes for a while but you, okay so i can't have witches i can't have ships what can I have? Do you like, I don't know, something interesting. Pokemon. <laughs>
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.